0: Welcome to the Responsible Capitalist Podcast, where we help you align your money with meaning. My name is Carol Sanford. I'm your host for this podcast. What I want to do today is bring you a better way to think about how we know whether a return on investment is going to work. How do you assess it? How do you do the due diligence on finding out if a company is going to be able to get a return in the financial return as well as planetary terms? I come at this from having been an educator and advisor to Fortune 500 executives for almost 40 years, including also in there a few rock star entrepreneurs who have done some pretty significant change in the world like Jeffrey Hollander from seventh generation. In that process, I always teach them something that is a system for understanding how to ensure pretty much that you can get the kind of annual returns that are between 30 and 60%, well, that's revenue generation. You can get 10x growth like DuPont did. You can redefine the market position you have where you go from the middle of the pack to the top quartile to someone who can lead the industry and eventually even become non-displaceable. So if those things interest you, the book I wrote about this is called The Responsible Business, and it speaks to five stakeholders all of whom by working together with them as a system, produce those kind of returns. But it matters how you work with them and even a bit in what sequence. What I discovered, and you need to understand as an investor, is that the customer has to be happy. They have to feel like everyone is on their side, that they're working for them in order to stay stay with a company to create brand loyalty. And In fact, uh, many different surveys are now showing this pretty much to be true. In the responsible business, I extend that beyond just keeping customers happy to how can you actually be life-enriching or life-giving to how it is that their life works. In order to do that, you have to work with the second stakeholder, which is what I call the co-creators. Now, I call them the co-creators because I don't like the terms employee and contractors and even suppliers in in many respects because it makes them sound like they are separate from and they become fragmented from the creative process. Co-creator reminds us that they are working collaboratively to serve the customer, the consumer, whether that is a a distributor in the middle or all the way out to an end-use consumer. That their job from beginning to end as a community of co-creators is to make that life-enriching happen. The third stakeholder that now has to be taken into consideration is the minute you start to co-create, you need to go after resources. We have a place we go for that, and that particular supplier is called Earth. Earth has an agreement. In fact, expects a return on the investment that she makes. One of the questions that the co-creators must continually ask if they're really going to create the kind of returns I just spoke about, where you're getting revenue growth, you're getting earnings growth, you're getting market position, you're becoming non-displaceable, is you have to do it in a way that Earth gets a return that is significantly higher and increasing at every moment its ability to deliver for a next round. So, in other words, you can never extract at a rate faster than Earth can replenish. Right now, what we have are statements about how we do less harm to Earth. I don't think that's agreement that Earth has with us. Earth, just like any one of us as human beings would say, don't take from me more than I get so that I can grow and give more. Earth needs the same agreement. The the fourth stakeholder is society or community. Now, if you think about this again, we've got the customer who sits on the top of a star, which I draw when I talk about this, who is served by this group of co-creators, working with Earth, but they must also work with society and the communities in which the business exists. The specific thing that they're seeking to do here in order to get the kind of returns I'm talking about is they work with the uniqueness, the singularity, the essence of a community, and they make that stronger. So if they're working in McAllen, Texas, they look at what's unique about McAllen, Texas and they make sure that anything they're bringing in is lifting that up. Most businesses go in and layer on their own brand, their own logo, their own architecture, and they do not do anything to lift up a community. They end up with communities which are very mad at them. Uh, They end up with society that doesn't work very well because people aren't building the capacity to be a part of something bigger. The fifth and last, Stakeholder is the investor Now by investor. I mean shareholder I mean venture capitalist that may be involved or a venture partner I mean taxpayers who are sometimes funding and are always funding at least the infrastructure in which business functions and even including things like banks now the interesting thing is that if you work in this mode where you start with the customer and make their life extraordinary with the co-creators using their unique growing and developing capacity to deliver on that, working in a cooperation, in fact, a collaboration with Earth, working with society and making each part of society unique and more able and each community more unique, then the investors get the return. Because now the system is doing what I call spin forward. Think about this though. If you start with investor demanding a return, you tend to start spending this star that I draw backwards. You tend to create societies which are upset with the business because it is trying to extract its own return out of the community without much care for the community, which also usually impacts Earth in a way that resources are taken faster than Earth can replenish and evolve itself, which means then co-creators become a cost of doing business. And pretty soon the co-creators are not serving the life enhancing capacity of the consumer and they lose the loyalty and are quickly stolen away by another supplier. So if investors really wanna win, they have to actually work pretty much in this kind of sequence, or at least in seeing it as phases. Starting with the customer, lining up and connecting the creativity, the innovation of the co-creator to use earth in a whole and meaningful and collaborative way to work with the society and the communities that they're in, and as a result, be able to give the investor the return. If you're interested in knowing more about this, I wrote a book that has lovely 15 stories in it of people who are doing this very successfully. Again, it's called The Responsible Business, Reimagining Sustainability and Success, and it's about running phenomenally great businesses who do really well and they make a difference. They make a huge difference in terms of what happens with the communities in which they live. Today, I have with us somebody that when this book was coming out, I met. And in fact, I got so excited because Paul Herman, who owns HIP Investors, that's H-I-B, like we're really HIP, but it stands for Human Impact Profits, um, I met him and found that he had Created a company of investors and funds which were assessing a company and rating it, saying, This company is meeting the criteria which we consider to meet the sustainability, the human society, the gender and diversity uh, criteria that should be met. And guess what? They were my five criteria. So Paul and I have become good friends and collaborators in much thinking, and I'm so excited to have him with us today, and I know you're going to enjoy this conversation. Welcome, Paul Herman. I'm so excited to have you here with us today. Uh, Would you, for my audience, introduce yourself and speak a bit to the work you do, and particularly, I think it's pretty unique what you do and how you do it. Would you give people an introduction to how you do your work?
1: sure have to Carol and welcome everybody I am Paul Herman I am the uh, founder and CEO of hip investor hip stands for human impact and profit and uh, it now also stands for higher impact portfolios uh, our business is essentially to rate the underlying sustainability of all types of investments across all asset Classes, so it includes stocks and bonds, public and private, real estate and hedge funds, and even for some family offices, their artwork. So our business is producing ratings on investments and then uh, helping build portfolios for investors, so it could be families, family offices, family foundations, uh, as well as advisors fund managers, and 401k plans. So we're really excited today and and dig more into how to be a responsible capitalist and responsible investor.
0: And give people just a hint about why the way you work on it, you think, makes such a difference. I I know you have some special ways of working that give you portfolios that can have the title high impact portfolio on them.
1: Sure. Well, first of all, our team at Hip Investor, which is uh, quite strong, uh, everybody is cross disciplinary. So we're either cross sector, across uh, business, social, government, academia, uh, or we've and or we've had cross industry experience. Um, you know, such as computer science plus environmentalism. Um, so that's one unique view that we bring that uh, many. Uh, investments or investment advisors or managers don't necessarily have. <clears throat> Second, the view that we bring on how we look at the world is it's a interconnected world. And one of our clients uh, has called it uh, compassionate systems thinking, in that we think through the whole system, not only how it's interconnected, but how it affects people. And that's why we're called human impact and profit. Um, and the third is we really focus on results. We focus on actual performance metrics of customers and employees, but also of the environment, stakeholders, and society. So our focus is really how do you create value um, for people uh, and planet such that it should and does uh, drive profit and reduce risk? So we're really connecting the drivers of impact to value creation and reducing risk uh, at the same time.
0: Of course, I found you because I was writing a book based around those five stakeholders and resonated so much with what you were talking about because I had seen in my own work for at that point about 35 years be true. And so obviously it was the way to invest. Uh, so you've looked at 8,500 uh, investments so far. How do you decide whether to take on another one you're going to track? Like what's 8,501 and on? How do you, what's the, what's the starting point? This is, yeah, we should put that in. We should look at it. Or you decide you should not. How do you make that decision?
1: Sure, well, the eight thousand five hundred investments actually cover you know more than eighty percent of the global equity markets, more than half of the u s. muni markets, nearly all the investment grade corporate fixed income. Um, so our goal you know is about two hundred and twenty trillion dollars of financial value globally. We cover about seventy trillion. so we cover about one third or seventy trillion of that global financial value so 8501 two and three is really focused on more and more coverage of what investors want to either are investing in today and need to know how impactful or sustainable it is like their mutual fund or etf uh as well as the next private venture uh so that is be more efficient with water, be more empowering of women, create more access to healthcare. So that's driven both by investors asking us to rate their portfolios, as well as advisors and fund managers and 401k plans wanting to rate their investments for their clients. Um, so the way that we go about it is really we, you know, apply the methodology we describe in the HIT book. Uh, we have a template and methodology to show how those sustainability and responsibility performance results link to financial value, and therefore how you can strengthen your overall portfolio um, to both create a positive impact and have the potential for higher risk-adjusted return. Um, uh, so we continue to build that out, and you know we should be at 10,000. And uh, and so by 2015, we'll have about uh, you know more than 10,000 investments we'll have rated, and more than a thousand mutual funds and ETFs that we've rated, and that will continue to drive fund managers, advisors, and investors to seek out the most sustainable or most impactful investments and reward positive behavior with um, more capital and draw away capital from things that are having a net negative impact on society. Um,
0: You know, you are an entrepreneur yourself. Uh, You actually help a lot of people figure out whether to invest in them and how they work. What What would you say is your source of innovation, creativity. I mean, even a little about how did you get to be who you are? Uh, because you're really doing some pretty unique things in this space, I believe. Could you speak to how you got to doing that um, and kind of what still drives you in that space?
1: Sure. Well, that's very generous of you, Carol, to, to call that out. But uh, I mean, my background is a mix of a finance degree from the Wharton Business School, Uh, management consulting expertise at McKinsey with Fortune 500 companies, working on the Hanford nuclear site uh, that used to make plutonium hockey pucks for missiles and figuring out how to make that an environmentally sustainable site, uh, and funding social entrepreneurs at Ashoka uh, in North America and around the world. So that combination of business, social, government along with um, some academic experience in teaching um, sustainable capital markets and responsible investing to students around the world. That multi-sector really has come together. And I was inspired personally by John Sawhill, Uh, who was a director at McKinsey, was president of Nature Conservancy, was the president of NYU, and was head of the Superfund for Jimmy Carter, President Jimmy Carter. So that really was the inspiration for bringing together a cross-sector career, which when you travel to more than 40 countries around the world um, like you have, you can see real problems on the ground around the world. And that as an entrepreneur, as a problem solver, all entrepreneurs are problem solvers, that really focuses you on, all right, what is the shortest path to success with the, you know, this is a, kind of heretical to say in Silicon Valley, with the lowest technology solution. What is the most practical, low-tech solution to affect the highest number of people in the fastest way possible? So if you're always bringing that mindset to it, that is the best entrepreneurial mindset to sort of remove the barriers to action now certainly there's many information intensive high-tech apps that can solve problems uh, worldwide and help people bring people to water more quickly or educate girls online uh, and the like but really putting it through the screen of what's the no tech solution the high-tech solution where, what are ways that we can get initial traction today to help people today to show that this model, you know, this business model or new product works? And when you can do that in a pilot, um, that's very credible to investors. Investors want tangible, they want vision, but they want tangible results. So from my experience, the more you can show tangible pilot results of something that works today that can get better over time. Um, That really leads you to lawyers who are really um, solving problems in business entrepreneurship, social entrepreneurship, or both. Um,
0: So one of the um, groups of people that listen to my podcast are people who are becoming interested in doing more of this kind of investing. Sometimes they've done none, and it's very hard to start and step your foot into trusting that everything you've been told forever is not gospel. On the other hand, there are others who have stepped in, but what they've been doing is maybe funds they picked that just don't do all the bad things they're worried about, and they're trying to figure Mm -hmm. out how to go and maybe grow their portfolio. I mean, there's even a group now called the 100% Club where people are saying, all right, everything I make, everything I invest is going to go this way. What advice do you give people in starting and moving a little further, you know, crossing those boundaries?
1: Sure. Well, first of all is um, uh, to set new boundaries or to set new visions. So the 100% Club is a group of uh, investors, of every, you know, of people, uh, many of whom are entrepreneurs or entrepreneurial, who say, every dollar in my portfolio uh, can achieve a positive impact. And so it's different than saying, oh, let's just put 1% or 10% or let's just make as much money as possible in our for-profit portfolio and then give it away uh, 5% a year. And trying to solve problems with 5% of your portfolio while 95% of your portfolio might be creating those problems is not a formula for success. So that's what the 100% Club is about, is how to do this across every asset class, stocks and bonds, public and private, real estate and hedge funds, and any other component of your portfolio. Um, So that's that's exciting. So the more of us who can sign up for that, the better. Some people can actually do this uh, in their 401k plan. So one of the new product innovations uh, that we've rolled out this year is applying now that we have these 8,500 investment scores, we can rate just about any mutual fund in, uh, and and do that in a 401k plan. Mm-hmm. And what that's done for, um, uh, you know, companies like EBS environmental building strategies is get their the percentage of people participating in the 401k plan, which was very low in the low teens up to above 90 percent and so now that you can see what the sustainability of your investments are more people can invest and start to look at what is the underlying sustainability or fossil intensity or energy efficiency or water efficiency or women's leadership in your own portfolio and so it's really bringing your mission your money. It's your money. You are the decider of your money. You might have an advisor help you or a fund manager help you, but it's your money. And uh, so as you're getting started, think about what goals you want to achieve with your money and what metrics of results that you want to achieve with your money, not just financial return and risk, but financial risk, return, and impact and um, that's one of the things we help investors and advisors and fund managers and 401k plans with is what is your impact goal how can you use all the uh, investment types in your portfolio to advance that goal and to do that through publicly listed mutual funds through private companies where do you bank where does your money sleep at night like new resource bank says and beneficial state bank does and the Global Alliance for Banking on Values, how do you do that in your muni bonds? So how do you support high-impact governments and nonprofits? Or help ones that are trailing accelerate? And how might you use um, your financial power to to help them do better by setting uh, an impact result around your metric? So these are things you might hear about, like social impact bonds, but you can do a sustainability rating or an impact rating or a hip score on a muni bond today. And, uh, and we, and that's part of the, you know, 8,500 investments that we rate. So it's, you know, start acting today, start allocating money today. And most of all, demand it. If you have an advisor or fund manager demand it from them because until they hear the demand, it's going to be slower for them to act. They will smart advisors, fund managers, Will follow uh, vocal customers, uh, or if they don't, then find somebody who does. Okay. Uh, and your 401k, your 401k plan can do this as well. You can uh, actively choose uh, in your 401k plan. Uh, funds that are more sustainable so it's a really exciting time Carol to do this and to sign up for a hundred percent for impact and to really pursue that as a goal in your own portfolio and we found that it tends to also benefit your portfolio in lower risk and potentially higher return as well.
0: Wow I'm always inspired when I listen to you, totally and completely inspired. Uh, I want to do one thing right now. I want to recommend that everyone get your book. I mean, when I first read it, uh, it it was one of the things that took me on the path of starting to take the work I had done inside corporations where I knew the things you know And to start, make it more explicit where I had usually just used it to help them inside. So I want you to say the name of your book again completely and tell people where they can get it. And then also tell them how they can find you, where you're speaking next or your website, something because people are going to have (laughs) more questions and want to follow up.
1: Sure, I really appreciate that, Carol. So all of those questions can be answered at our website, which is hipinvestor.com. Hip as human impact and profit, H-I-P, investor, I-N-V-E-S-T-O-R.com. We list our events where we're speaking, so we're constantly out um, uh, trying to share, build awareness, uh, and build more collaborative entrepreneurial opportunities. Um, The book is called The Hip Investor, uh, make bigger profits by building a better world. Uh, you can find it online in ebook at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, uh, and in the iTunes store. Uh, you can also. Um, uh, By physical copies from Better World Books, which makes donations to uh, uh, literacy around the world, uh, as well as at Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Um, it's in libraries and it's in some classrooms as well. So if you're thinking uh, your finance professor, capital markets professor, or entrepreneurship professor, um, ask them to check it out and build it into their curriculum. So you can help train the next generation, um, and we try and do that. Um, uh, on an ongoing basis, and we've had, you know, professors like Dr. Scott Fulweiler and Mark Sardy, um, you know, integrate this into their finance curriculum, and really teach the next generation of investors and financial analysts um, to do it as well. So, um, And then there are excerpts on the book at Hip Investor that have run on triplepundit.com and on sustainablebrands.com. So we're always seeking to push the envelope forward, get people in action around their portfolio, and just start investing for impact today. And the more of us that do that, if only 10,000 of us invested $10,000, that's a hundred million dollars. So just start, you know, looking for that today, any amount helps. And when you add that up among thousands and tens of thousands of, of people and change makers and entrepreneurs and investors, then it makes a real positive impact on the world.
0: Well, <clears throat> I think you're one of the smartest and most articulate people I know in this space. And I so appreciate you taking the time. Um, and, um, I hope we'll, um, I, I need to go to the website, check out more, also, and I'll encourage everybody to do that. Hipinvestor.com, and thank you for joining us.
1: Well, thanks, Carol, for your leadership and showing how uh, being an entrepreneur can be responsible, being a corporation can be responsible, being a capitalist can be responsible. So appreciate you leading the way forward, and so glad we can be collaborative.
0: I know you can see why it is. I have so much appreciation for Paul Herman for what HIP Investors does, and actually how I think he's changing the entire industry of how we think about investing. If you would like to know more about podcasts of other leaders who are making this kind of difference, we do our best regularly to bring you Responsible Capitalist podcast. You can learn about who is on that list, what they're saying, just by going to carolsanford.com or to iTunes, where we also post them. In addition to that, We have a couple of different kinds of mastery groups that we're running for people who'd like to get in a lot uh, deeper and dig down into how they could bring this more into their investment world or into their entrepreneurship business world. The first mastery group is for investors. It's called the Responsible Capitalist Due Diligence Group. and It meets regularly to keep learning about how it is you do this kind of assessment and engages with others in the group to vet and make decisions about investing choices. The second mastery group is for entrepreneurs who want the same level of rigorousness as if they were going to be assessed by an investor, and sometimes they are. So if you'd like to know either about the Responsible Capitalist Mastery Group or the Responsible Entrepreneur Mastery Group, you can find more about it at carolsanford.com. And you can hear another podcast here soon, and we look forward to seeing you here.